This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 387, recorded on Monday, July the 30th, 2018. Hey, everybody, how's it going? It has been a couple of weeks since we recorded, um, and I know it's been about a week since the Comic-Con trailer dropped, and that's something very important to us that we look forward to every year, if I'm not mistaken, Jason Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had to wait until now to record a podcast about it simply because I was on vacation. I was away in Europe, uh, traveling around, sweating my ass off because it was so crazy hot over there, but wasn't able to record a show. So we are going yeah, to get to Yeah, they don't have the internet right in Europe, so you had to, uh, not do a show, right? That's right. Is that why? That's right. They, they don't have the internet in Europe. <laughs> Well, they have the internet, but it's a different version, and it's just, it's all, it's all weird. It's not compatible. It's like, you know, square pegs, and you're trying to do round holes. Right. And uh, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Well, and, and we were staying with, we weren't like in a hotel, so I didn't have hotel internet, which can be good or bad, but we were staying with people we knew, and I thought it would be weird to sit on in their house for three hours and record a podcast or whatever, you know, right. while they're around. It's not that big a house, so it wouldn't, wouldn't have worked. Thanks for having us over. Everybody shut up for a while. I'm going to talk on your Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's right. You guys all go out and don't come back until I say it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I promise I'll sit right here and not look through those drawers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I wouldn't know what it's what's in those ones. Uh, anyways, that's the deal. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on the show today. We are going to break down the Walking Dead Season 9 Comic-Con trailer. But first, we're going to do a whole bunch of Walking Dead news. So it's going to be a big podcast, everyone. Lots to talk about. Lots to go over. I hope you're ready for it. Uh, Jason, are you ready for it? I am ready to go WFO. Uh, what's that mean? Wide fucking open. We're just going to just go for it. I'm not going to like throttle anything we're just going okay sounds good well let's get started we're gonna start yeah. with this the walking dead news all right so i'm going to begin our first news item here by playing a clip and i'm not even gonna say what the news item is because uh you'll figure it out very quickly uh but this clip needs to be played it's over two minutes long though and it comes from the Walking Dead panel at San Diego Comic-Con, so listen to this, please. Look, I want to I say something, because uh, <clears throat> there, is a, there, there seems to be an elephant in the room in, uh, in Comic-Con, and I, I think many of you may be wanting to ask a question about whether or not this is my last year. Is that true? Yeah. Now, I did a zombie poll <laughs> two weeks ago, and there were 200 zombies... Uh, and I asked them, I said, I'm probably going to get asked a question. Do I confirm or do I deny? <laughs> Fortunately, that, that problem was taken away from me by this man. Um, this, this will I'm be... I'm sorry, Andrew. No, I, I love you. Um, this, this will be my last season, playing the part of Rick Grimes. Now, now hear me out, please, please. I love this show. It means everything to me. Uh, I love the people who make this show. I promise not to cry. I've done enough crying on screen. Um, 
This is, um, I, I also am particularly fond of the people who watch the show. Yes. You people. And um, this has been the most uh, extraordinary, amazing, and beautiful experience uh, of my career and made, made largely because of you guys and the relationship we have mm -hmm. here with you and with you uh, in this room and also in rooms across America and the rest of the world. So I just want to thank you. And I don't want this to turn into an, an Oscar acceptance speech <laughs> or an obituary. This is okay. not the point of it. What I want to do is, as you've seen the trailer, we're deeply, deeply proud of the work that we've done this season. Uh, I think Angela is astonishing and leading with such class and a light deafness of, of touch. Um, and it's enabling us as actors to really breathe and deepen the relationships on screen, um, which we're sort of... I'm talking too much, aren't I? No, you're not. No. Am I talking too much? No. no. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're talking too much. <laughs> yeah, he's right. I, 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 I am. Gonna but I suppose what I wanted to say is that um, my relationship with Mr. Grimes is far from over. Yeah. And, a, and a sort of large part of me will always be um, a machete-wielding, <laughs> Stetson-wearing, zombie-slaying sheriff's deputy yes. from London, England. Yes. All right. So that was obviously Andy Lincoln at the Comic-Con panel talking about how this will be his last year on the show. And uh, I do think everything he said is very nice and heartfelt and he means it and touching and all that sort of stuff. But he does kind of um, lead the conversation in one direction after he says, after he confirms that this will be my last season, he goes on to say, you know, how great everyone is, everyone who makes the show, everyone who watches the show and stuff like that. And, and that's all fine, but he doesn't really give us too much, much information there. No, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have a relationship with, uh, with Rick Grimes, whether that you know, is a personal, emotional relationship or whether it's going to show up on a movie somewhere when, uh, you know, seven seasons in a movie. So we got nine seasons in a movie. Maybe, you know, this will be his last season, but then they're going to come up with a movie. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. That, that statement, my relationship with Rick Grimes is far from over. He said the same thing to comicbook.com when they were talking to him. He said, my relationship with this part is far from over. I'm not going to say any more than that, but I would just say, watch this season. So, do you think there's a... What? Spinoff? Well, I don't know. We, we'll actually, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but, I mean, do you think there's anything more to that, or is is that just something that people say, you know? It's like he's he isn't done playing Rick Grimes yet, or at least we're not done watching him play Rick Grimes yet, uh, or, or is there more to it? Is there going to be some other rick grimes related property in this uh in this universe or could it be that you know rick grimes will leave the show for a while but show up in flashbacks once in a while or you know just return at some point who knows but yeah there's it's too wide open it's uh it could be a movie it could be video games it could be a spin-off it could be not dead 
and coming back for uh, cameos every now and again. It could be webisodes. It could be, you know, a radio play, a podcast radio play. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd buy into that. They don't do that nearly enough. Or, or could it be just that he'll continue showing up at conventions because he oh, yeah. was on the show for, for, for nine years and he doesn't want or can't let it go that easily, right? Maybe he'll be at Comic-Con for three more years. Yeah. When was the last time Shatner was on a, in a Star Trek movie? <laughs> that was Generations, and that was 90... I don't know. in the mid-90s. But he go he has entire conventions centering around him, probably. Well, he, he deserves that. But, I guess. you know, yes, you can absolutely not be in a movie or a TV series for a long time and still show up at conventions and make some coin. Sure. Right? He'd be an idiot not to show up and charge two bucks for a photo. Two you haven't been to a convention in a while. <laughs> you know, as being nice. Sure. You know? <laughs> uh, and for the record, when Andrew Lincoln does, he generally donates all the money he makes to some kind of charity. I don't yeah, think all of the actors do that. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore? Not anymore. No, not if he's, uh, you know, not on the show. He's not making, you know, main cash for uh, for being on a, you know, a hit television series. Uh, you know, he's got he's to make that up. I guess so. Yeah, he's got to make a living, right? Keep. Pay the bills yeah. and keep food on the table. Yeah. Okay, well, he was also interviewed by Digital Spy regarding his decision to leave, and he had this rather lengthy statement. He said, nine years. I was thinking about it because that's where we live. He's talking about living in London. Uh, but I suppose it has a lot to do with a conversation Scott and I had a few years ago, maybe in season four, about a shape and finding some way to complete something that was never going to be completed and then not obviously disturbing the mothership. There was a certain sense that the story has been a man waking up, and you experience this world through one man's eyes, and it opens up into the extended family. Now, what's exciting for me is that the narrative is being freed up, and it's already being freed up from the beginning of the season. You'll see from the trailer it's a different tone. It feels like the show I always felt like we would head toward when we wrapped the pilot. And so, yeah, in short, it was something I started to think about as my children got older and less portable. So what he's essentially saying is he wants to spend more time with his family. Of course, Andrew Lincoln lives in London, England, not Atlanta, Georgia, where they shoot the show. Or, um, you know, not, maybe not that he wants to spend more time with his family, is that his kids are like, come on, do I have to go to Atlanta again? Come on, my friends are here. I want to hang out with them. I don't want to have to go all the way over there. Sure, fair enough. They're getting They're older. They're just being whiny, annoying teenagers. <laughs> They're getting older and they need some stability. They need to, you know, go to school and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. But I think what was most interesting here is that him and Scott Gimple spoke about this in season four. He was thinking yeah. about moving on already, or or at least as he says, um, how do you complete something that was never going to be completed? Referring yeah. to the fact that this is an ongoing story that Rick Grimes is a part of to this day. So he had a, you know, he didn't want this to be his whole life, which is, you know, pretty smart. Don't want to get uh, typecast. Uh, so, you know, even from the, from the get-go, he's thinking... Long term, I have to get out of this without, you know, if the show continues on, you know, I may not want to stick around forever. I got other things I want to do. I want to open up a, you know, a coffee shop somewhere. And I can't do that if I'm flying to Atlanta every six months. <laughs> For six months at a time, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, f- fair enough. But I just think, I just think the, it was interesting to hear that the thought occurred to him only four years in. 
right. and at the time when ratings were almost at their peak, right? So kind of an interesting idea. Uh, he told Entertainment Weekly, Andrew Lincoln did, that, quote, there is a certain sense of relief this morning, but I still regret that the story broke because I believe in story and I think it would have been... It's going to be a great season, but it would have been greater if it was not spoiled to a degree. So hmm. this kind of reiterates what I think about AMC lately and how they tease and spoil and tell us everything beforehand. Andrew Lincoln seems to think, you know, how great would it have been if whatever happens to his character just happened and nobody knew? Well, we live in the information age, right? More so now than we ever have. So keeping something a secret is nigh on impossible. Well, yeah. Especially if you're living a public life like actors do, right? What they're doing is public. Sure. What I'm doing, well, I guess this is sort of public. I'm not sure it's public public, but it's internet public. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. But, uh, you know, you you live in a public life. Keeping things a secret is, uh, it's it's really hard. So AMC is like, you know what? We can keep this a secret. The organization is so big that there's no way we're going to keep this in. So we might as well control the narrative. Yeah. You know, and it can be, it can just be little things too. You know, I, a, a few weeks ago, someone was in, I think Heathrow airport and noticed Andrew Lincoln going through security or whatever, snapped a picture of him. And, you know, it, that picture hit the internet and everyone was like, oh my God, he must be done filming already. What's he doing in London? Right. So it doesn't take much to, you know, have people start speculating and, and figuring things out. And that was, yeah. a, that was after the news had been reported. If that had come out before, it probably would have blown up even bigger. Like, why is he not filming? What's going on, right? Yeah. And it's it's really, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but it's really tough to get through security in a disguise or (laughs) customs, right? They really don't like it when you're wearing a disguise of some kind. If you're wearing like a big, uh, you know, mascot outfit, uh, like bananas in pajamas, is that still a thing? Uh, If you're wearing a big bananas in pajamas suit, they're going to make you take a headset head thing off so that they can actually see your face. I remember back in the day when I was a professional clown. <laughs> I remember Pat, when I tried this. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, she once was, was doing a clown outfit, clown show, and she had to go through uh, airport security uh, to get on a flight. And she didn't have time to take her makeup off until she got to security. And then they made her take her makeup off. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I mean, they need to see you. They need to see what you look like. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is Andrew Lincoln, even, you know, other celebrities, unless you're flying in a private plane, which I believe is expensive. I don't know how much it costs because I've never looked into it. Uh, but uh, so they're flying commercial and uh, therefore you got to show your own face. And mm-hmm. if you show your own face, people are going to take pictures of your own damn face and put it on the Internet. Absolutely. And all I'm saying is it doesn't take much to get people to start speculating about what's going on. Now, he went on after he said this to make a joke about the best way to avoid spoilers was to not tell Robert Kirkman anything. That's probably true. <laughs> or Which, to avoid a lie. If you want to avoid a lie, don't uh, don't get Robert Kirkman to say it. Yeah, don't get him involved. That's right. Yeah. Now, speaking of Robert Kirkman, he was interviewed by Kevin Smith on the topic of Andy Lincoln, and he told Kevin Smith, Andrew Lincoln cares about the fans. He cares about the show deeply. He wants to do something special on the way out. We got something amazing planned. I wouldn't want to spoil anything, but anybody who's been a fan of this journey, who loves Rick Grimes, who loves the world of The Walking Dead, you're going to want to see what we do. So there's some hype for you. 
I do want to see what they're going to do. <laughs> yes, me too. I'm extremely curious, but yeah. Robert Kirkman is just reinforcing the fact that we should be. Yeah, you should be excited about this. There's going to be dump trucks full of bodies, and which is a callback to season one. There you go, dump trucks full of bodies. Okay, so I, you know, I just wanted to throw all those out there. It's obviously confirmed news has been for a little while that Andrew Lincoln is going. He loves the show, and uh, his reasons for going are primarily to sounds like spend more time with his family or just make it less difficult on him being away for so long. So yeah. Good Basically what he's doing is he's saying to the world, it's not you, it's me. Right, exactly. We're breaking up, but it's not yeah. because of you guys. It's not you. It's, it's not that I, you know, I love you and everything, but, uh, you know, I'm going to step back from this relationship and uh, we're just going to take a break. Yeah, take a little break and you never know what can happen break. after that. Yeah. Okay, uh, I want to play another clip here from the panel, just one more. And this is Angela Kang speaking. She is, of course, the new showrunner. Here's something she had to say. We saw Maggie holding a baby, so we can assume there's a time jump now. It finally happened. What does that mean for the story going forward? Yeah, well, you know, Maggie's been pregnant for many years. But at least years, 12 years. On the show. At, at least, least 12, 12 years since you finally had the baby. Um, it's been, uh, you know, we are starting with a time jump, yep. you know, doing service to the great time jump that's in the comics. Um, we're playing with time this season. Um, it's, it's really cool to jump forward in the story because we get to see um, where these characters are at, like a little... It's been a little while since the war ended. Yeah. Um, so they get to kind of start off in a different emotional place. You see that they're really building for the future. Mm -hmm. And you get to see um, the world in a way that we haven't seen before. You know, in the trailer, you see that we've got a lot of horses and wagons, yeah. a lot of hand weapons. Um, you know, the gas is degraded. The roads are crumbling. And it just allows them to have... Um, different responses to a, yeah. a whole nother set of challenges yeah. out in the world as nature is kind of taking back taking over. Back. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> Angela Kang, Jason, talking about how they're playing with time this season, which I thought was interesting. She didn't just say there's a time jump, which everyone yep. knows there's going to be, but playing with time. I don't know what that means. Are we going to get Flash forwards, flashbacks, flash sideways, uh, you know, flash into purgatory, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Maybe out of order storytelling. I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. But what really I found fascinating about that clip was how she started talking about a lot of horses and wagons, hand weapons, uh, things that they've not shied away from in the past, but uh, sort of not worried too much about I think what I is what I'm trying to say, where, you know, there seems to be unlimited ammo and uh Cars still work. Gas is all good. She even said in this clip, gas has degraded. So I wonder if we're going to finally, finally see a lot less motorized vehicles being used on the show. And I think that's a great thing, personally. Yeah, I do too. And we, we see that in the uh, in the trailer we're going to see, or we'll talk about it anyway. We're not going to see it. But uh, <laughs> we, we see a lot of that in the, uh, in the trailer. But that's good, to, that's good to know that they're actually acknowledging that gas doesn't last forever. Unless you get yourself a nice propane car, which is possible. You can find yourself a nice propane car because propane doesn't degrade. The only limiter to propane is if the propane tanks leak. If it runs out, yeah. If it runs out. So, you know, propane's the way to go. It if is. If you want a generator that's going to last for a long time that you don't have to refill with uh, with gas or diesel every six months or every year or so, get a propane generator yeah, for well. backup power for your house. But it takes, uh, it's it's tough to find propane-powered cars, if I'm not mistaken. 
Not really. No? There's lots of uh, lots of taxis in Toronto are propane. Really? Oh, yeah. I remember when I first moved to Toronto, I worked at a gas station, and uh, we filled up a lot of propane taxis. Huh. But, <laughs> sorry, that was 1993, so who the fuck knows what's going on now, right? <laughs> right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, my information might be slightly out of date. Slightly. Well, anyways, good good to know, but I'm just glad that they're finally going to sort of acknowledge this on the show. I, I guess we'll see what comes to pass ultimately, but having her say that I think is a good sign, you know, and it's something that has always bothered me a little bit, um, at least for the last few years about how, Oh, there's another car. Keys must be in it. Gas full tank, you know, no problems there. And so yeah. I'm glad to hear. Well, you can siphon gas out of like, just, they can, you can have, have lots of gas. It's just, it, the gas is going to go shitty. Right. It doesn't work anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next two items are sort of related to Norman Reedus. As uh, we all know, he plays Daryl Dixon on the show. Apparently, Reedus and Andy Lincoln had a pact to leave The Walking Dead together. So they were on EW Radio, which is on Sirius XM. And from uh, the article I read, Reedus said this, We made a pact. I think it was like season three or four. We're like, if you leave, I leave, right? And that was the thing. Naturally... Uh, this is from the article. Naturally, this caused Lincoln's ears to perk up. Are you leaving? Inquired Lincoln. Is this an announcement? Is this breaking news? Oh, hell no, responded the man who still plays Daryl Dixon. But while Redis may have broken his pact with his bromance partner, he still is mourning losing his best friend on set. He was the first person I saw in the morning. As soon as we wrapped, he immediately called me in the car. We speak all the time. We spent every lunch break in my trailer. We shared a trailer for forever nice so it sounds like they're great buddies and at one time they were taking the friends approach and uh all negotiating or negotiating as a team right well i think i think of it as like workmates like i'm not fucking working here anymore if you're uh, if you leave <laughs> right right i i guess something has changed because Rita's ain't going anywhere but andy lincoln is moving on no well it all has to do with paychecks too right Daryl Dixon's probably uh, making a lot more money than uh, Andrew Lincoln, or sorry, Norman Reedus is making a lot more money now than he was way back then compared to Andrew Lincoln, I think. Well, maybe. But speaking of that, do you remember the news from a few weeks ago about Norman Reedus getting a $20 million raise to stay on the oh, yeah. show? It's yeah, it's a hell of an incentive bundle to uh, stick around for another year or so, right? It it it, it is, and I would say it would be. Uh, but he was talking to MTV, and he said uh, he got a lot of heat saying, "Oh, you're going to be the new leader," and apparently that was a bogus story, a contract money story that hit the press. That was a fake story. It wasn't even true. But, you know, the thing is, I got heat saying, you're going to be the new leader, like no one's ever mentioned the word leader to me. The show's adapted, and no one would ever take Rick Grimes' place. It's not possible. But the show itself, people are doing other things and moving forward. It works. I'm telling you, it works. Uh, and then Hollywood Reporter this week reported that Redis's new deal isn't even actually signed yet. So he's debunking the fact that there is $20 million on the table and Hollywood reporters saying, you know, he doesn't even have a new deal yet, so settle down, everyone. I think the bogus story story is a bogus story. <laughs> Maybe. Does that make sense? Could just be him doing sort of damage control, for lack of a better word. But Yeah, uh, well, it's hard to look at the common man and go, you know what, I just got a $20 million raise. 
Right. So, uh, you know, accept that. Yeah. Because, you know, $20 million raise is like this year, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm living a pretty comfortable life. I'm okay. I bought a house. I bought a house for my family. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I'm set up pretty good. I've got some investments. I got a restaurant now. Uh, <laughs> you know, my life is, you know, pretty set. And then I have an extra $20 million. You right. know, I could go out and buy 20 $1 million cars this year and everything would be okay. Right? Yep. So that's uh, that's a hell of an incentive to stick around for one more year. You sure. know what? I'm not going to stick around for another year. I thought you were talking about yourself at first there, but then you said I have a restaurant. I'm like, wait, you got you got you opened a restaurant? Oh, I was taking on the persona of uh, Norman Reed. Understood. I got it. I picked right. up on it. I yeah. ripped my sleeves off. Everything was uh, yeah. I put on a vest, <laughs> grew my hair. Yeah, dyed just, it black. just for that one little discussion. Right. I can't do voices, so I didn't. No, fair enough. Uh, yeah, $20 million is a lot. Whether he's making that or not, who knows? But you're right. It's a hell of an incentive to stay around. But I'm sorry, even if he's making $4 million for the next year, he's doing okay. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, I don't feel too bad for him. Uh, speaking of negotiations, though, Lauren Cohan, of course, was recently involved in her contract negotiations, and she opened up a little bit about it. Also on SiriusXM on the program, Andy Cohen, Co- Andy Cohen Live, which is funny because he has the same last name as her. Um, and the first same first name as Andrew Lincoln. I know. It's, it's all confusing. It's very weird. You should change his name. Well, um, regarding her request for a pay increase, she said, it wasn't actually that I was asking for it. It was that my contract had finished. So that's pretty standard renegotiation. You know, right. your, your contract's done, you renegotiate, you ask for a raise. Makes makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, and then regarding her character's arc on the show, she said, the good news, which is good for me, and I hope good news for fans of The Walking Dead, sorry, for fans, is that my Walking Dead story is open. It's not finished. We don't close doors. You don't break up with someone and forget about them and delete them from your life. No, things transition into different places. Yeah, you break up with them, and then two weeks later, you get lonely, and you call them up, and you have sex again. <laughs> well, and you do that for a year, and then uh, and then it gets confusing after that. Right. That's the normal thing to and, do, and then it gets confusing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I'm not so sure. Lauren Cohan is going to be uh, the one calling from her new show, saying, uh, "Can I can I come back for the night? I just want to. I just yeah. uh, you know." I just want to have sex with my old show just for tonight. Right. No strings. Not so sure that's going to happen. But anyways, uh, her story's not done, is what she's saying. Maybe it will be done after six episodes of season nine. Maybe not. I would like to see Maggie stick around for a long time on the show. Uh, but it, and, and it sounds like that's kind of a possibility. So What I find confusing is that Andrew Lincoln is saying that he, his relationship with this character is not done. Mm-hmm. He's leaving the show for sure. Yes. And uh, Lauren Cohen is saying, my relationship with the show is not done, but she's not leaving the show for sure. Not for like, sure. Right. Not for sure, but they got the same story, but they're doing two different things. So somewhere there's some truth, but I'm not sure that there's actual you know hard truth that we can try and find. Well, there, there isn't. I don't think there's any hard truth we can find right now. That's for sure. But let's, uh, we're blowing through these here. Let's get in the next news item. Um, and it's that Scott Gimple has teased more crossovers. Okay. So we're going to cross over with 
It's a bachelor? What I no. Well, more crossovers <laughs> slash spin-offs. Oh, I see. Uh what if what if um Rick Grimes and Maggie Ree leave the show together to start a new Walking Dead TV show together? Request denied. I can't I can't I don't want that to happen. I really don't want that to happen. I mean, they're two of my favorite characters. Yeah, well what are they gonna do? I mean, the the obvious the solution is a buddy cop TV show, right? But we just I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I really don't want a spinoff, like a true spinoff, mm-hmm. where the show still continues on. Because I don't know if that's ever happened. Has that ever happened successfully or unsuccessfully? Unsuccessfully, unsuccessfully. Um, I think we've Die talked successful, Lloyd. Right, <laughs> uh, where you actually take main characters of the show, spin them off, and continue with the main show. Uh, I think we've talked about this before. I'm pretty sure listeners have written in with a couple of examples. So I do believe it has happened. I can't, you know, think of them right now, but that's just because there's, I just, my brain doesn't work all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's been off after the show ends. Joey, Frazier, there's, you know, I I liked Joey. I wish Joey would have stuck around for another couple of seasons personally. I mean, Frazier, hugely successful. Joey, not so yeah. much. I know not successful. Popular with, you know, the Mileses. Okay, fair enough. Let's say, although Jasper hasn't seen Joey, I'm really looking forward to showing it to him. So, oh, good, good, exciting. After we watch Friends, right? Of course, you got to watch all what 10. Do you, Dad, what do we do now? Well, we watch Joey, son, and then we go into that. Uh, so, I just I don't know if we've if it's ever been tried where they actually spin off main characters and keep the main show going. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm I'm 99% sure that's not what's happening. But yeah. if they're both saying that the, our stories aren't over, but they're both kind of leaving the show, or at least we know one of them is for sure, you know, maybe their stories will continue on another show. I don't think it's likely. You, do you know why it's not likely? And do you know why it? I can't think of an example of uh, this happening in the past? Because it's never happened. Uh, no, I think it probably has been tried on some level, but uh, do you know why I can't think of one? Because it's a dumb idea. Because I see. <laughs> yeah, because okay. it's a dumb idea, and everybody knows this is a dumb idea. What are you, an idiot? Right. Okay, well, Scott Gimple, talking about crossovers and stuff, he was talking about fear uh, at first, and he said it's a shared universe. You know, asked if would there be more crossovers with the show. He said it's a shared universe, so it's possible. But we want to make sure fear has its own identity. So the Walker gags are different. Everything we do, we want to make sure you get a different experience. Uh, Walker gags? I mean, I know uh, what he means, but its I don't feel like it's the right word. I think he misspoke. He, he may have, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the brain fart. Okay. Because I can't really think that that's what he meant. Well, he goes on to say, things could happen. You never know who might pop up on Fear the Walking Dead. That includes Walking Dead and potentially people in the past from Fear the Walking Dead. So we could have so more zombies? Pe- no, we could have more characters from Walking Dead over to Fear. We could have characters from the past from Fear the Walking Dead come back. Uh, he's leaving the door wide open to almost anything. Well, my question is, when he said the word Walking Dead, was it capitalized? Uh, he said it a couple times. He Yes. Well, I don't know. I wrote it down as capitalized. Okay. But I usually I'm cut and paste I'm just wondering if things. he meant, like, you know, the Walking Dead. You know, characters show up on the on Fear of the Walking Dead as Walking Dead or vice versa. Like, oh. are we talking about people that die in the show will show up in the other show as zombies? 
Well, that's a zombie gag. Here's the, yeah, you're right. Here's the thing. This came from Deadline and, you know, he spoke these words and they wrote it as things could happen. You never know who might pop up on Fear the Walking Dead. That includes The Walking Dead and potentially people in the past from Fear the Walking Dead. So I think he's referring to the show, not the zombies. You're probably right. Mm -hmm. There's some ambiguity there that uh, I think that they could play with and be like they could be snickering behind their sleeves going yeah i think we fooled them <laughs> well he finished with this which is probably the most interesting bit of the quote he said there's a lot of stuff that's cooking in the garage right now we're working on all sorts of things and as the months go on we're going to have a lot more to say about it who the fuck cooks in the garage walter white no they cook in a <laughs> cook in a rv I don't think they ever cooked in the garage. No, they probably not. They cooked in not. the basement. They cooked in an RV. They cooked in a you know their big, own lab. Big lab, they yeah. Cooked in very, very. I'm spoiling the show. I'm sorry. Don't do that. I'm sorry. Go watch the uh, fear. Of, what what's the name of that show again? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Go watch that show and then watch uh, Better Call Saul because it's just as good, if not better. Renewed for season five already. I'm excited. It's such a good show. I know. And Why season, wouldn't it be? Season four hasn't even aired yet. I'm literally looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, anyways, apparently there's lots of stuff you know, percolating right now. And he says, we're going to have a lot more to say about it as the months go on. So I'll be honest with you. I would not be surprised if sometime before the end of 2018, or maybe in the first quarter of 2019, we get an announcement on another spinoff show. Yeah, you're probably right. And frankly, you and I don't have time to cover another show. So we're going to have to start the Talking Dead, Walking Dead podcast network and hire other people to cover that show. Or you and I could split off and to do our own podcasts. Like we'll just splinter. <laughs> splinter. Sure. Uh, you got to learn to edit your own show though. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. I'll still send the editing stuff to you. That's all you. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And don't cook in your garage. I don't care. Like you, you can uh, boil turkeys in oil, but be very careful and don't do it in your garage. Do it outside, far place, far, far away, from, away from a burnable structure. Yeah, please. Uh, okay, so there's that. We'll look forward to whatever Scott Gimple is talking about there. Uh, quickly, Fear the Walking Dead was officially renewed for season five, so cool. we're we're halfway through season four. And AMC just announced this a couple days ago on July 28th. So we are going to get more Fear the Walking Dead after this season, which is exciting. Um, And speaking of things not ending, Telltale's The Walking Dead game, which uh, is current, they're currently working on what is called the final season, uh, may actually not be the final season. Well, that just opens up the door for the final season too, right? Uh, Right. (laughs) <laughs> Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, part two. Or just two. <laughs> okay. Um, creative director Kent Muddle, it's a great name, Kent, told- That's a very uh, Dr. Seussian name. Kent, Kent Muddle, yeah. He told IGN- Muddle, fuddle, buddle, <laughs> He told IGN that this season is the end of Clementine's journey, and that's as much as I'll say on that. Oh. So it's the final Clementine season- uh, there may be more Walking Dead games to come from Telltale after that. Featuring Rick Grimes? Yeah, who knows? Featuring the voice of Andy Lincoln as Rick Grimes. You never know. Uh, I will be sad to see Clementine's tale come to an end. Me but too. I am. I will be very surprised if she dies at the end of it. Oh, I, God, no. I no don't, way. 
I don't know why I will be surprised because a lot of people die on The Walking Dead, but something tells me they're not going to kill her off. Something tells me they are going to find a way to end her story and make it satisfying, um, but have her not be dead. I agree. I don't know why. I'm also a little sad for our friend Melissa, who does the voice. Yeah. She won't be voicing Clementine anymore. I'm sure she's got lots of things to do. Oh, definitely. But, you know, I know Melissa fairly well, and I know Clementine is very close and personal to her, so it's got to be tough for her to wind that down. She's working on the show right now. I mean, on the game right now. Um, and, yeah, anything that goes on that long and is, is such a massive influence on your life has got to be tough when it ends. Absolutely. So, and I'm just thinking, uh, Andrew Lincoln could probably do his voiceover work from London, England. He can do that from almost anywhere he chooses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think he's talking about. I think he's talking about a Telltale ga- Telltale game. He could be. Uh, Telltale at San Diego Comic Con released the first 15 minutes from the final season, the gameplay. Uh, I have not watched it yet, but you can find it on YouTube, of course, if you want to see it. And I'm behind. I'm behind on my. Telltale games. Oh, I know. You're way behind, I think, right? Well, I don't own a device that can play these games anymore. Well, that's the problem. I actually haven't played the last season either because I think it was Xbox One exclusive, and I'm still running a 360 here, so I can't play it. I've got a 360, and I don't know where it is right now. In a box somewhere. Like, it's in a closet or a box or a drawer or someplace. I'm, I couldn't put my hands on it in 10 minutes if I had to. Okay. Well, I mean... Doesn't matter anyways, because you need an Xbox One for the latest season uh, that's released, and I'm sure you will for this final season as well. You know what scares me? No. A new Grand Theft Auto game coming out for some kind of console that uh, I don't own, because that is a pretty big indicator that I'll buy whatever console that is, especially if friggin' Steven Ogg is in it. Can you imagine? I'd have to go buy an Xbox, whatever it is, right now. Uh. Are you saying that there is another Grand Theft Auto, or are you just scared of it? I'm scared that when they announce it, I'm going to have to buy another console. Okay, fair enough. Because I don't want to buy another console. And uh, I think I saw a trailer for, um, is Grand Theft Auto Vice City Online? I don't know, probably. That's an old game at this point. Well, Vice City is, but there was a new online version of the game that uh, is being announced. Okay, I don't know. So that gets, it scared me. It, so that's why I'm talking about it. That's that's what would scare me. Okay. But I no, I don't have a device to play any of the Telltale games. I'm hoping someday. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't magically somebody will beam it down to me using some kind of transporter technology and <laughs> gifting. You know, Santa Claus. Santa Claus would do it. Santa knows how to do that. There you go. Santa will bring it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, must use transporter technology now. He can't, you know, still go house to house. No, right? that's just so inefficient when. Um, Clearly, Santa has some sort of transport transport beam technology, yeah. Yeah, him and the elves, they got the tech. I'm sure they could figure it out. Absolutely. Santa, I want an Xbox. All right. Well, let's hope that plays out for you. One more news item here before we move on into the trailer. And slightly more serious news, but AMC, Jason, has officially reinstated Chris Hardwick. Really? They have. Uh, here's the AMC statement. Following a comprehensive assessment by AMC... Working with Ivy Kagan Bierman of the law firm Loeb and Loeb, 
who has considerable experience in this area. Chris Hardwick will return to AMC as the host of Talking Dead and Talking with Chris Hardwick. We take these matters very seriously, and given the information available to us after a very careful review, including interviews with numerous individuals, we believe returning Chris to work is the appropriate step. (laughs) Nothing to say whether he's guilty or not. It's just we've successfully hired a law firm and we feel confident that we've covered our ass significantly enough that we could reinstate him at this point. Well, absolutely. I, I, I see what you're saying. It's a little bit cynical, but I, I'm sure a big part of it is that, to be honest. But the fact is, um, there is not a lot of evidence out there, if any, that he did anything wrong other than the the words of Chloe Dykstra, the woman who, who right. indirectly, directly accused him. Uh, and she made a statement after he was reinstated. She said, I have been adamant since I came forward with my essay that I never set out to ruin the career of the person I spoke about. I could have provided more details, but chose not to. I have said what I wanted to say on the matter, and I wish to move on with my life. For that reason, I chose not to participate in the investigation against the person I spoke of. I do not believe in an eye for an eye, and therefore I have only shared my evidence with those who I felt should see it. So AMC interviewed a lot of people, but she declined to be interviewed or participate in their investigation. Um, And based on that, and I'm sure based on all of the other information that AMC was able to gather, they have decided that... Hardwick will return and get back to his normal duties, which uh, is, is their decision. And, you know, who knows ultimately what the actual details of the events were. Um, But he'll be back on TV. I assume starting with the first talking dead episode covering fear episode nine in a couple of weeks. Right. Well, it's important. Uh, I think it's very important and significant. uh, The statement, what was her name again? Chloe Dykstra. Chloe Dykstra, that her statement is uh, very significant in this, uh, in this regard, that she has, she did what she did. She did what she wanted to do. She accomplished what she wanted. She wants to move on with her life. She declined to participate further in, uh, in this. She didn't want to hurt him anymore. And this is, uh, because of that, that's the only thing that makes me think that, uh, it is, appropriate for him to be back at work. If that's the only accusation, the only thing that's wrong, and she doesn't want to pursue it anymore, then everybody just moves on with their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, it's, it's within her right to continue pursuing it and it's within her right to drop it and move on. Right. And, you know, therefore sort of Chris Hardwick can, can do the same things. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's decided to come back to TV or, or he's being allowed to come back to TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and put all of this behind them. Uh, hopefully there is nothing more to this and that Chloe Dykstra, you know, received or feels the resolution that she was looking for. You yeah, know? Absolutely. I can't really say. Yeah. We'll never know what happened. Only he knows and she knows what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point, they've all agreed that it's personal. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Hardwick will address it on air when he comes back. I Oh, God, no. I don't think so either. But at the same time, it's a little bit like the Andy Lincoln thing. It's an elephant in the room. Uh, 
And so, you know, maybe he will. Maybe there'll be a short segment on Talking Dead about why he's back and why he almost wasn't back. I don't know. Right. In any case, it means Yvette Nicole Brown, I guess, won't be hosting any Talking Dead shows during the back half of Fear or Season 9 of Walking Dead, which is uh, too bad. I kind of wanted to see what she would have brought to it because she's a great guest, but... You know, it's his job, and uh, she was just filling in for a friend, as she said, so I'm sure she's not feeling too bad. She did a nice job hosting the panels at Comic-Con. You heard a little bit of her in the clips I played earlier, but... uh, I did. um, Yeah, it is what it is. All right. Okay, Jason, The Walking Dead Season 9 trailer. Let's dive into this thing now. We always do major shot-by-shot breakdowns of these things just like we do with the episodes and somehow we always seem to make a 15-minute trailer take as long as a 45-minute episode uh yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a while we don't know i don't know how we'll see how this goes the trailers are all over the years they've all kind of followed a similar format which we'll see as we go through this um but it's also really fun to to uh, to talk about these. So, do you have the video open in front of you as usual? He does. He does. Very good. Well, let's just get right in then. So, trailer San Diego Comic Con for season nine. It opens with a dark staircase down to Negan's cell, and the first thing I thought of is this is not the same cell that Morgan built in Alexandria. It is absolutely not. This is uh, something different. This is this is a hole. This room in the hole. They threw him in a hole, exactly. Uh, in the comic, Negan is kept in a in an underground cell. So this lines up with that a little bit more. Um, but I always assumed that, that jail cell that, that uh, Morgan built would be the one where they throw him. Otherwise, why have him build that jail cell? But Well, I think that that jail cell is probably now. It's been like we'll get into this a little bit more, but some time has passed. So, mm-hmm. you know, attitudes have changed. Uh, you know, the, the, the fight or flight uh, you know, mentality has uh, has changed a little bit. So I think that probably that uh, that jail cell is being used for uh, play now. Yeah, or it's destroyed say. because it was in Alexandria and Alexandria got the, the shit kicked out of it last season, right? It might not even still be standing anymore. Yeah, I like to think that they're using it for adult playtime, let's, let's just say. <laughs> adult playtime? Yeah. <laughs> I assume that that's what they're using it for. When you have a cell that's available to you, and you don't really have anything to use it for to lock somebody up. You, you have a party. <laughs> Whatever you say there, man. <laughs> what, all that, right. That's not common knowledge? Sure. Have a party in the jail cell. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, we see the stairs down and Rick is having a chat with Negan, who's in the cell. Uh, you know, he says it's been a while since they've had a talk. We get some shots of morning over the hilltop. We get Maggie looking down from the balcony. There's people working. There's a goat, I think, in the shot. Nice. So there's livestock. Um, then we see Maggie holding a baby, which is hers, I guess. So we've jumped forward in time. How old would you think that baby looks to you? Uh, that baby looks nine months old to me, Chris. So I'm looking at, we're looking at 17, 18 months. <laughs> yeah, that's true because she was barely pregnant before, so yeah, she's three, four months or something like that. So, that, yeah, the baby looks—it's not a year, right? No, I've only had one baby, so I've only got the the experience from one baby. But the baby's recent, so yeah, that's enough. Uh, I can tell you, the baby's not two. No, definitely right. not. Let's say the baby is ten months old at most, yep. and she was pregnant for another six. Yeah, so we're talking sixteen, seventeen months uh, of time has passed. But we got the, it's the same time of year. 
right? If they're uh, if they're in uh, you know Washington D.C., there's leaves on the trees, right? So we're they're playing with time, obviously. So uh, and they film in Atlanta, so we have to have the same time of year as we did last time. Let's. Uh, I'm going to go back and look at the size of the crops, see whether it's springtime. Well, I mean, there's we see more crops in this in this trailer, but that, that, you know what? That makes me think the comments that Angela Kang made earlier about about being more realistic and having uh, horses and carriages and, and um, hand-based weapons and gas yep. running out. I wish they would be a little more realistic with the seasons on this show. Show us some winter for crying out they, loud. They can't, they can't, it's, it's set in a different location than it's filmed. They gotta, they gotta, you gotta make compromise. They should find a way. I'm sorry. They should figure it out because. Well, it's good. They're gonna have to green screen everything then. Where's the fun in that? Yeah. It's going to end up like The Hobbit, and you haven't even seen that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Well, I, I saw the first Hobbit movie. I didn't like it, so I didn't watch the other 14. <laughs> There's only two more. Yeah. Well, one more, and then the third one was just a weird but fight scene. Weren't weren't they all like Without nine, a dragon. Weren't they all like, nine hours? I know hours that happens th- in the book, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> weren't they all nine hours long, and therefore it could have been 14 movies? Oh, God, it took so long. <laughs> okay. It was, it was the first foray into uh, 4K video, and it looked like a bad play. It was weird. It oh, looked like there was, you were watching a play that, anyway, I don't want to delve into the hobby well, too badly. Great <laughs> book. Read the book. Four, four seconds into the, the trailer, we're de- derailed already. Um, yeah. So the baby is this old. We think it's been a little under two years, maybe 16, 17 months, something like yes. that. Year and a half. Year and a half-ish. All right. Uh, we see Rick coming through a door. He looks all cleaned up. He's got a nice trimmed beard. Uh, we see a blonde girl running around, and I assume that's Judith. That's what I assumed. And so Judith is now looking five or six Older? years old. Yeah, that's beyond what I know of what Jasper has done so far. So I don't know. Well, if Judith. Maybe could be 14. I have no idea. If Judith was two, let's say, in season eight and 16. 18 months have passed and she's now four. Yeah. I don't know. Five. It doesn't quite match up, but again, we're okay with it. People age. You tell me how, how old is that, that girl? Well, I don't have her in front of me, but I think she looks a little bit older than she should. Okay. That sounds fair. Uh, we see Michonne and somebody reviewing the plans for what looks like a small church. They're building or some sort of building a church. And this is going to come in significantly uh, twice more in this trailer. Okay. Well, only once really, but twice more sort of. All right. Do you, are they in, in Alexandria in that picture? So are they? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're rebuilding Alexandria. That's nice. Because there was uh, uh, solar panels in the background. Ah, good, good. Uh, And, and in front of the church they're building, uh, I know we see it later, a bunch of crops, but are the crops in that shot? There are crops in that shot. I think it's Uh, corn. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It looks like it's early in whatever season. I think we're uh, uh, we're early in the year. Okay. Uh, we see. We move on. We see Rick and Michonne riding horses and following Daryl on his bike, and they are passing by some crops that appear to be growing outside the walls of Hilltop. I thought that yes. was interesting. Outside that the walls. That is interesting. Outside the walls. Well, you know, in medieval times, they had uh, you know walled off towns and cities or what have you, or uh, sorry, not medieval times. In D and D, 
because that's the only <laughs> real experience I have. You have, and this from maps and stuff that I've seen of D and D towns, right? And I assume that D and D towns are similar to medieval time towns. And you would have a walled off section of the town, and then a lot of the other uh, people would live outside of the walls because they would grow their. There's not enough room inside the walls to grow crops and all that kind of stuff. So you have all that stuff outside, and then when there was some problem, they rang a bell and everybody ran inside the walls. And the crops got all burned, and then they salted the earth, and there was, you know, actual battle and shit. But now it's just zombies tromping on on stuff. So right. that's well, not as bad crop wise. Then you know they're not going to come by and salt the earth. They're going to lie down and die when they get shot in the head with a bolt of some kind. And then you got to drag the zombie off of your carrots. Right. So I guess that makes sense. You know, there's no there's not enough room inside the walls, and it's easier to just grow the crops outside than it is to make the walls bigger too. Or yeah you know, expand the walls. So I have a question. Yeah. What, uh, in uh, the hilltop, was that water tower that's in this scene always there? Um, water tower. There's a big white water tower and I don't recall that being there before. Okay. Well, you, you could be right. I'm not sure. I know they're building a windmill somewhere else. Yeah. But that's not a water tower. Uh, again, I'd have to look at it again and think. I have a feeling it might have been. Maybe they yeah, just. I, well, I, it's weird, but I I don't recall seeing it. So Actually, anybody, if anybody knows if there was a water tower previously, let me know. I'll bet you there was not, and I'll bet you that that water tower will be pointed out as one of the things that they've been able to build because of that manual that Georgie brought them. Right, or move from some other place because why build a water tower when you can, you know, walk ten miles and find one? <laughs> yeah, they're they're tough to move though. I don't know. You know, never underestimate a motivated group of people. That's true. All right. Uh, so we see this, these, this corn or whatever is growing outside the sanctuary, which is cool. And then we see Michonne with a girl inspecting some tomatoes near that little church they're building. Is yeah. that the same girls from before? Is that Judith? I don't think uh, it is. We also get a quick shot of two crows in front of a building for some reason. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think that's the same little girl. No. So this is baby Gracie maybe grown up a little bit. The one yeah. Rick stole from, what's his, uh, from the sanctuary place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Savior's place, I mean. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, she, they're looking at a tomato. That's right. She, Michonne is teaching her how to pick and inspect tomatoes. I'd look at tomatoes, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what I would teach somebody is how to look at tomatoes. Look, here, tomato. <laughs> feast your eyes on this, but don't feast this your mouth on it. is a tomato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about anything about that tomato, how to grow it, that kind of stuff? Go ask your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Go read the manual. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then we get our first zombie shot, and it's in a city, and you can see... Uh, the Capitol building in the background. Is that what that building's called, the Capitol building? I believe it is. Okay. I believe it is the Capitol building. So you can see that in the background. We've seen that before on the poster that was released. We did. For uh, Comic-Con. And then we cut to Rick and Michonne ride by on a couple of horses taking out zombies. Rick is using Lucille, or at least nope. a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. No. Nope. No. No, he's it's an it's an honest to good goodness mace. Are you sure? It's, I am absolutely sure. I was like, what the hell is he carrying? It can't be Lucille. So I did a frame by frame. It is not a baseball bat. The uh, the handle is too big. It looks like it's too big for his hand. I'm a little disappointed in the hilltop and making a weapon that was unwieldy for a person to hold on to. Carve down that handle a little bit. Make it a little bit easier to swing. It looks like he's he's swinging a 
piece of wood, which it should be a precision instrument of death and not just a piece of wood. But it's a mace because it's got these metal knobby things on the end uh-huh. and it's absolutely not a baseball bat. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here to clarify that because I watched it and I'm like, that's Lucille. That's interesting. He's using no, the bat. Lucille shows up later. Well, yeah, but I thought Rick was using no. it here. Rick okay. was not using Lucille. All and right. the other thing is, okay, so they're in Washington, D.C., and we have uh, zombies roaming around Washington, D.C. Uh, we get a hero shot of a zombie with like his, most of his jaw missing. Yep. I'm wondering if uh, the producers put in that zombie uh, or any other zombie that may show up in Washington, D.C. in the trailer or not that resembles a politician. There might so? be a zombi- zombified politician where Rick comes into Washington with a mace and kills some kind of political figure in Washington, D.C. I'm wondering if that's just a thing. I'm not saying anything. I'm not judging anything. I'm just wondering if that's going to be a thing. I mean, Zombie gag, let's say. I mean, do you think that would be a bit of a crowd pleaser moment? I, I, I'm not sure. Might be. You know, they, they haven't gone political before, but now they're in Washington, D.C. killing things. Yeah. You could be right. Didn't occur to me, but if they're going to do zombie gags, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. So if you think, not necessarily in the trailer, but in the show when we get there, uh, I don't know from, you know, U.S. politicians other than the really popular ones uh, or unpopular ones. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So if you recognize someone uh, as a politician that has been zombified, uh, let me know. Because that might be a, a political statement that, you know, here comes Rick Grimes cleaning up Washington, D.C. Oh, interesting. We'll have to see yeah. how if that happens or not. It'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they ride by on horses. Michonne's using her katana, of course. Uh, and then we get some uh, hauling trees to make, like, clean trees to make lumber, I guess. Well, no, because they become, this becomes a little more apparent later. They get, uh, they're setting up zombie traps, right? They're hauling, they're hauling woods into, you know, like what the, what the Ewoks did at the, yeah, uh, but I don't the think, Battle of Endor. I don't think. Sorry, spoiler alert for 1984. Right. But. Uh, I don't think that's sorry, a trap. Ahead. I think, I think what we see later in the trailer with the logs rolling down the hill is an accident. That was my no, take on it. No, I think that it. they're, they're. Setting up, uh, they're setting this up in order to combat a herd that they know is coming this way, and they can't use dynamite like they did before. Okay, so they're using a little something a little more rudimentary. I think that is entirely possible, and you are likely right. But for some reason, when I watched it, I thought they're moving these trees to actually make lumber, build walls, build buildings, build things out of it, and they need these things. But they're but there's some sort of accident involved with when zombies show up and they end up rolling down. They end up either accidentally releasing the logs or on purpose releasing the logs and sacrificing their hard work to save them from a zombie horde. Well, let me ask you this. If it wasn't to set up a trap to combat a herd, why put, why go through all of the effort to put these logs into these cribs? Why not just, put the logs closer together and because they have to get them out of these cribs at some point. Mm-hmm. Right? They lift the logs into the things and then when they need the logs, like shit, now we get to get that fucking thing out of there and we got to lift it all the way out again. Why not just leave it in a pile somewhere until you need a log and then you go get a log and then you make it into uh, a table or a chair. Or I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm, I have no answer for that because I think you're probably right that this is an Ewok trap to take out 
ATSTs, except in yeah. this case, it's zombies. AT zombie T's. Uh, right. Okay. You know what is impossible? Absolutely impossible. There's a scene of two guys on top of a pile of lo- a pile of logs hauling another log that is probably 18 inches around by like 10 or 12 feet long, and two guys are hauling it up 60 degree incline just by using ropes and the strength of their backs. No way. I don't. I don't think so. Uh. Uh-uh. That's a. They need block and tackle. They need horses. There's. Like that thing's got to weigh like 60 tons. I have no idea, but it's way more than two guys can lift a 60 degree incline. Yeah. Unless it's one of those new, uh, foam logs that. <laughs> well, it could be balsa wood. It's balsa wood's pretty light. It's pretty light. Yeah. It could be a set piece that some set crew designed and built. Yep. You're right though. It takes a lot of, a lot of, uh, strength to move that much wood. I don't know if you've ever tried to lift a, you know, fallen foot long, fallen tree, inch round, uh, log. But every day, it takes my a friend. Lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why'd I use that for a toothpick? <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay. So we see them anyways, hauling this, these, these trees and we hear Rick addressing sanctuary people. And he's basically saying that we'll make sure they have everything they need. So he's and really, then, and to... what's his name says, bless you, Rick Grimes. Right. Some guy says, bless you, Rick Grimes. Do we, we don't know that person, do we? I don't think we do, no. but I think religion is making a big comeback in this show. Yeah. They're building a church. This guy says, bless you. We got, I think there's some kind of religious reinvigoration going on around here. I mean, Rick could have just sneezed, right? Before they cut to it. Yeah. But you know, usually people like in this world, they would say, thank you, Rick Grimes. You know, you're, you're a good man. I appreciate you helping us out. But he said, bless you. And they're well, building a church. Well, okay. Like you don't just build a church because you got nothing else to do. Well, they did burn down a church recently, so maybe they're replacing buildings they lost. You burn down a church when you got nothing else to do. <laughs> Dude, don't <laughs> send all inflammatory email to Jason this time, <laughs> please. <laughs> but building a church, that's that's a thing, right? That's that takes some significant effort of will. Uh yeah, I suppose. Well, okay, we'll we'll see. Uh I just figured he was it was his way of saying thank you, Rick Grimes, but you could be right. Uh, now we see a team of people entering a fancy building with a large white staircase and large pillars have to assume this is that Capitol building we saw in the background before. No, no it's a museum. It's gotta be a museum. They're hauling down a friggin', uh, later on they're, they're taking a, uh, a wagon down the stairs. Wouldn't there be an easier, That's, more efficient I, I, place to find a wagon? No. Where else are you going to find a wagon? Uh, anywhere. I mean, if you had to find a wagon right now, where would you go? A, a farm, like where it's where it's on ground level, and I can just wheel it out of a barn. I'm not going to go to the third floor of a museum and haul down a wagon that you know is just going to crumble as I take it down the stairs. It doesn't make any sense at all. I I, I understand they want. So this why wagon. would the wagon be on the second floor of a cap of the Capitol building? I don't know, but I think I assume that this was the Smithsonian. Okay, well, maybe it is. Right? Because what are you going to do at the Smithsonian? You're going to grab a wagon, and then you're going to go grab the Spear of St. Louis, and then you're going to go grab a spacesuit. Sure. And then you're going to do stuff like the Glass Man on Earth does, right? You grab the fun stuff. It feels like the most difficult way to get yourself a wagon that I can possibly think of. So yeah, go find Mennonites or go right. find a, you know, a group of Amish people. They probably have wagons, right? They probably they got a whole fleet of them. wagons, but they're going to be, be able to be pulled by horses. Yeah. 
So that's that's a good point, but I think that this is the Smithsonian. Like they're walking on a glass uh, floor, right? With zombies underneath, right? Yep. I assume that that's a touristy thing to do. It's not something you do in a government building. Okay, it's again, you do it a. I assume that this is a museum. I assume that they were taking a museum piece down the stairs, but you got to think if it's a museum and they have a wagon on the second floor, there might be a way easier to get that wagon off the second floor than carrying it down the main stairs. All right. Well, fair enough. Once again, you've convinced me. It doesn't make any sense that this stuff would be in a, in any sort of um, government building. It would be in the Smithsonian. So that's probably where they are. Do you think that book that, uh, that they, that they got would contain plans for making a fucking wagon? Well, <laughs> you know, there are harder things to make than a wagon too, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so a blacksmith. Right. What do you need? You need wood and a blacksmith. They have wood and a blacksmith. Well, I'm start hey, make a wagon. I am starting to think that they the show had had better find a pretty good reason for them to have gone into this building to get this particular wagon. Maybe it's the the wagon from uh the Smithsonian, the, the television portion of the Smithsonian, and it's the one from the little house on the prairie. <laughs> and they want and, and Michonne wanted that wagon. Yeah, well. Suck it up. Who wouldn't build a new one? It's too hard. I'd I'd, I'd grab anything owned by Laura Ingalls. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But I you're right. So. We, we see them walking over a glass floor. There's zombies below. Uh, again, that doesn't make much sense uh, in any other context. Uh, we see them tying ropes to all the pillars. Uh, there's a shot of Sadiq there, so we know he's there. Two women, and I think on the far side, Father Gabe. What's <laughs> up? Big wide brimmed hat. Yeah, with and a, like his, he's got his collar on and yeah. a black suit on. He looks like a priest, but he's got this big hat on. It's a sweet hat, man. <laughs> I think it'll look great. It's totally impractical, right? For you know the society. Well, not this is if they're looking for medieval times, not medieval times, but colonial times. That's the appropriate garb. But come on, it's a post-apocalyptic world you live in, dude. Put on a friggin' baseball cap like everybody else. And you know what? I think more power to him if he wants to hear, wear that awesome hat. So uh, He probably found it in the museum, right? He's like, dude, that's a decent priest hat. I'm going to break this glass. I'm going to shoot it. Oh, he doesn't have guns anymore. But, you know, I'm going to break this glass. I'm going to take that hat. I want that hat. I can appreciate wanting that hat. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? In, this, in the shot, uh, you know, a few seconds earlier where we see everyone walking into the building, but they're just in shadow, I don't remember if you can see a character wearing that hat oh yeah he must have picked it up inside so he probably did he picked it up inside so that i look forward to seeing that scene i, I can accept him wearing that hat in that case okay if he found it at a museum and said you know what i like that hat i'm gonna wear that hat i'm gonna take that hat sure why not i can i can i can get on board with that okay cool um now we see them using ropes to lower this large wagon down the big staircase and while they're doing that, we find out that Rick is there, Daryl, Michonne, Ezekiel, and Carol. So, like, most of the original team is there doing this. Um, for whatever reason, we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Then we get a quick shot of Rick in the forest. He is amongst some kind of tent camp, and yep. Tara and Jadis pass by. Jadis looks awesome. She looks great. She's I, finally I a normal human being. I love it. You know, she let her hair grow out. She's uh, she's looking good. And her name is Anne now. It's not even Jadis anymore. Well, even better. That's right. In the background, we see some arrow signs nailed to a tree. And you can't read all of them in this scene. But later on in the trailer, you see that there are arrows pointing to some familiar places and a couple not. One of them is HQ. 
So oh, that's headquarters. That's HQ stands for headquarters. Somewhere there's headquarters. Then we see Oceanside, Alexandria, Sanctuary, and Toledo. To- oh, <laughs> see, okay, that's good. I was going to say this is a callback to MASH, but now that you've said Toledo, it absolutely is a MASH callback. Really? You never really watched MASH, did you? Not so they too had much. one of these signs in their camp, and they had these signs pointed all over the place. And Toledo, Ohio was where Klinger was from, and they had a sign pointing to Toledo. So when they put this together, they were thinking, you know, this is sort of like MASH. And we're going to put up this sign just like they did in MASH, and we're going to put a sign that points to Toledo. So it's a it's a reference. And, and let's be honest, I can see Greg Nicotero being a big MASH fan. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally, absolutely a reference. I don't know if the characters are making the reference or the producers are making the reference, but it's definitely, definitely a MASH reference. And if they're going to the Smithsonian, they can get the swamp. It's there. You, you don't know what the swamp is. The swamp is the tent that uh, Hawkeye and Benjamin Pierce and... Uh, the people lived in. They had a still. Okay. They made gin. This is where they lived. They called it the swamp. It was their tent, their home. The swamp is in the Smithsonian. It's one of the reasons I want to go to Washington, D.C. specifically <laughs> is to see the swamp and to see Hawkeye's boots because uh, Alan Alda, when he wanted to get in the character for Hawkeye Pierce, he put on those boots and he wore them every day of filming for the entire shoot. And when he was done, he took them off and donated them to the museum. They're there in the Smithsonian. If they're going to Washington, D.C., and they're building a camp, and they're making this reference to MASH, somebody better have the swamp. They're going to have the tent. They're going to have the boots. That's amazing. Well, listen, man, this hockey season, I want to go down to Washington to see a Capitals game. So why don't you and I go together? We'll go to the hockey game and then go to the Smithsonian. It'll be great. Yeah, we'll go see Space Planes and... uh, MASH set. I've, and they have Fonzie's jacket. I mean, you're not missing out just because it, it's not just MASH. They have Fonzie's jacket. No, I, I think it would be a great trip. I think it would be fantastic. Good. Okay. Uh, at this point in the trailer, you know, Rick's kind of been doing a voiceover a little bit here and there. His voiceover sort of comes to an end with it's human nature to come together. So it's all been about bringing all these communities together and making sure they work together and build stuff and support each other and stuff like that. Fight each other. It's nature too, right? Right. Come together, kill somebody. Yep. Well, we cut back to Negan in his cell and he says, that's a real pretty picture you paint there, Rick. But when do I get to see it? Yeah. And he's got a big Jim Carrey beard now too. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Well, we get some shots of zombies at night. We get, we see the windmill spinning in the dark. So, you know, a couple of creepier, ominous type, type shots. And now we have Maggie talking to Rick, referencing the time he told her that he'd be following her. If you remember that. Yep. Uh, and she says, uh, but he didn't because she wasn't somebody to follow. And she finishes with, that changes now. Yeah. So what I saw, you want the cynical view of this or you want the uh, hurrah view? Well, you can give me both if you like. I don't have a hurrah view. It's only the cynical view. Okay. (laughs) Uh, They just took this storyline where Rick is going to follow her and they, uh, they superimposed it 18 months later. Like they didn't want this to play out while the cameras weren't rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just took this whole thing and they put in this little speech so that they could continue that storyline without a pause. No, no, you weren't ready to follow me because I wasn't ready to be a leader yet, but now I am. So let's play that story. Yeah. But I mean, that's what, that's what, that's what you do. I mean, that's just the way things happen, right? Uh, it wouldn't, it would be silly if, if suddenly like we just skipped over all that. Wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, well okay. It's not that cynical. I'm looking at it cynically, but sure. 
I, I agree with you that it's you can look at it with the exact same information and not think it's cynical. That's fine. I mean, it is a little bit for sure, uh, but it's just the way it is. So uh, she wasn't ready to be a leader. Rick has still been doing stuff, being the man. Uh, being the leader and but now she's she's stepping up and i i mean i think she's stepping up because we are getting to a point here where there's a little bit more internal conflict uh as the trailer goes on we get into that a little bit more it seems like there are there is some dissension among some of the communities that we have and not everyone quite sees eye to eye so maggie maybe is using this opportunity to kind of get herself into a little bit more of a leader role Right. And her baby's sleeping through the night now, so she might have some extra time on her hands. Well, it's the thing. I mean, you, you're a, if you have a newborn at home, you don't have a lot of time to do other things like lead a group of communities. Yeah. Or eat dinner or, you know, take the garbage out. Or, or do anything. realize that it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now we get some shots of, of zombies and Maggie fighting them with a knife. So if she's not ready to be a leader, she sure is ready to be a zombie killer. Which yeah, that's fine. Has been the case for a while. Uh, we cut to Maggie and Daryl in the forest. She's got blood on her, and we see them walking down a road. And Daryl's carrying a couple of tanks of something. One looks like a gas tank. One doesn't so much. Yeah, I guess they could be looking for gas. They could be. I don't know. They realized the gas expired, so they had to walk. Uh, all right. We we cut back to Rick at the tent camp. Uh, Maggie and. I mean, Rick's just hanging out. Maggie and Michonne are talking about making rules and an agreement between all the communities. And I think it's Michonne who says rules about the mistreatment of, of each other. Like what happens when we treat each other right and what happens when we don't. Yeah, you need laws. Exactly. They're making laws. You got to make some laws of man. You can't just live by laws of nature now. No, you need some, you need, you need rules. You need laws. We get a shot of Jerry and Nabila kissing. It's very exciting. Yep, that's nice. Very good. They're uh, they're in some sort of relationship it seems. It seems, and then we've got Daryl kicking somebody's ass. Yeah. So as soon as they talk about laws, we have Daryl uh, committing assault with a deadly weapon. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's have a trial. Let's have a trial. Let's throw him in jail with Negan. See what happens. Yeah. Did you get the impression that uh, so uh, Daryl's beating the shit out of some dude with a pot, mm-hmm. and uh, Carol comes out and says, "Daryl, don't." Or Daryl stop or something like that. Yep. Did you, I got the impression that uh, Carol was coming out of their tent. Well, it could be. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a scene later on too, where Carol and Daryl are sitting on like a shipping dock cuddling at night. (laughs) Yeah. We have a cuddle scene. A couple of people are cuddling, but uh, yeah, as soon as I saw this, I'm like, is that their tent? Well. a thing again? Because I've always kind of wanted them to be a thing. Right. You're a, you're a shipper for Carol and Daryl. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it is. I mean, maybe they're coming back around to that idea because that was a thing way back in the prison and then it never went anywhere. No, it didn't. So that's exciting for you. Now we have some time. We have 18 months of, uh, relative peace. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we got some time for people to start canoodling. Absolutely. Get in their own tent. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if in this new society, the phrase get a room will have disappeared and it'll be get a tent. It could be. I mean, when you're living in societies like this, uh, the idea of having personal privacy for sexual relations kind of goes out the window, unless, of course, you have uh, tents. Unless a you have cell. a tent. Hey, get a tent. Or a cell underneath a building somewhere that uh, is not being used for prisoners. 
<laughs> right. But in this case, it is. So you need tense. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next up is a series of shots. I, I wrote down random shots, but, you know, they're, they're shots. And we have Daryl doing a voiceover about uh, it being a small group at the beginning, whereas, and that being sort of right, whereas now it's not right. Like there's right. too many of them or something like that. And it's not working out according to Daryl. Well, he's not have very happy about, you know, having a society anyway. So he's more of a loner. Never been his thing. He be a loner and he just kind of wants to do his own thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, now is where we get the shot of all the logs rolling down the hill over the zombies. Yep. Uh, we see Rick killing zombies and we see Aaron and a bunch of other people fighting each other on a bridge, it looks like. Yeah, so... When I first saw this, I was wondering whether or not uh, this was the same bridge where we lost Heath. You remember that? The bridge to the uh, ocean side? Yep. And Heath disappeared and left that PPP or whatever the hell it was card? I remember. Is that the same bridge, I, I think? I don't think it's the same bridge because this bridge, I mean, that bridge had a bunch of stuff on it. This bridge looks like it's been washed away or Well, maybe destroyed. all the stuff that was on it washed away. Well, okay. Fair enough. It could be the same bridge. I mean, I bet you was shot on the same bridge, um, but- I don't know if within the story it is supposed to be, uh, but it looks like a big group of people and there's some sort of big disagreement fight happening. Well, uh, you, you know, building a bridge is, you know, difficult. You know, you're building bridges mm -hmm. and sometimes bridges get washed away and you have to have an argument. Yeah. And it's happening. And we have Henry knock down that guy with a stick. Oh yeah. Is that right here? That's right here. Yeah. All right. So that, uh, I mean, that seems like it's, it might actually spark the confrontation on the bridge. Henry <laughs> uses his Well, they got to take that stick away from that kid. Well, he puts it through people's neck, yeah. Yeah, he's he's dangerous. Uh, we get Michonne talking to Rick, and she says, we don't know if they're ever going to forgive each other. We don't know who she's talking about. I assume she was talking about the sanctuary. Because the next scene, scrawled on a wall, we see, saviors save us. We are still Negan. So... Yep. I think there's probably a still a group of people that are Negan supporters uh, and they're causing some turmoil. I get the feeling. Yeah. If we learned anything from Battlestar Galactica, it's all, it's never cut and dried, right? There's always like little groups of people that don't agree with the society as a whole and they just want to do their own thing. It, you know, rebels just want to rebel. That's right in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we see these, these uh, so we get the feeling there's some saviors that are, that are still sort of Negan. Uh, we see Carol and somebody pointing a gun at each other. And then we hear Carol say, I wanted to pull that trigger to end it before it begins. Carol, her hand is steady as a rock. She's got ice in her veins and she's tough as nails. Like she... She blinks a little bit, but she blinks slowly, like she doesn't give a shit enough to not blink. Right. <laughs> so well, I wouldn't want to stare her down. Uh, Melissa McBride or Carol. Oh, yeah. Honest. Neither one. Yeah. No, neither one. Uh, but what this whole scene makes me think is that, yes, there is some kind of uprising or backlash happening to this, like, you know, let's all work together attitude that Rick has. It's probably led by whoever she's pointing this gun at, or she may think it is. And her feeling is if I just killed him and cut the head off the snake, all of this would have gone away, but she doesn't. And therefore things start to get out of hand. That's what I take yeah. away from this. When things get out of hand, what does Carol want to do? Shoot people. 
shoot people. That's the solution to all Carol's problems. Make them shoot them. Shoot make, them. Make them look at the flowers. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we have shots of Jerry, Rick, road full of zombies. We get Father Gabe with one eye. Yes. So one of his eyes never came back, but I guess the other one did. A uh, couple more character shots, and we hear Negan say, when it finally all goes to shit, and it will, make sure you come back and tell me all about that date. So Yeah, don't don't talk to Negan. Like, why go have a talk with him? It's not, he's not going to change. He's not going to repent. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get better. He's not going to be different. He's just going to fuck with your mind. That's what he does is he fucks with your mind. Don't engage with him. It's, it can't work in your favor. I, I just think, leave him in the hole. I think Rick is there trying to rehabilitate him. He's trying it's, to like, like bring him around to his way of seeing things. And I think you're right. That's not going to work very well. You can't, you can't do it. No. Uh, I've dated crazy. You can't fix crazy by <laughs> dating them some more. <laughs> Date them less and maybe you'll have some success. Date them almost none at all. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, good times. Uh, we see that destroyed bridge with some seriously fast moving water beneath it. Uh-huh. That's a pretty rushing river if i ever saw one we see jadis taking a bucket off a zombie's head don't know what's going on there <laughs> this is a surprise party for the zombie it's like <laughs> surprise you're here look at all your friends they're here <laughs> all your friends we got balloons <laughs> surprise you're dead <laughs> that's the first thing i thought of it's like oh they're having a surprise party for that zombie that's funny maybe they are uh we see enid um looking very distressed i think this is only the second time we've seen her in the trailer she was right at the beginning when maggie was holding the baby uh, but she's looking pretty upset here. And then we see the group in the dark with flashlights, maybe in the Smithsonian or in that museum building, but it's hard it to tell. Be. Yeah. Uh, all right. We get two people. Here's a weird shot. We get a couple people stringing up a zombie on a big wooden X and yeah. there's crops all around. And to me, the crops look dead at this point. They are absolutely dead. This reminded me of Game of Thrones. It looks like the flayed man banner from uh, the House Bolton. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? But they would have tied them up upside down because that's what they do is they tie them up upside down in this cross. But it reminded me of Game of Thrones. Right. But do you think they're? Do you think this is like a zombie scarecrow they're doing here? But oh, if the, yeah. But if the crops are dead, I mean, what's the point? Well, you, you got an extra scarecrow. Tie them up on the thing. Make them scare off people. Put a silly hat on them. <laughs> Why tie his hands up, though? Just let him wave his hands around. All right, yeah. Crows will stay away. They they will. I don't know. I, that's all I could think of here. I don't know what else would be going on in this It scene. looks like it's very dry. It I does. I, think, I don't think it's a crow issue. I think it's a water issue. Right, but so what does the zombie on an X have to do with that? It's a warning to other zombies? I have no idea. No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. They must have a plan, right? Well, I'm sure they got something going on, but we don't know what it is yet. Uh, instead, we see Eugene for the first time in the trailer. He's holding a clipboard, and he's looking really concerned. Yeah. And if, and if I recall, I'm, wearing a sweet hat. He was wearing a sweet hat. I'm concerned about the hat. Because well, what if he's wearing a hat to cover up the fact that uh, he doesn't have a mullet anymore? Oh, you're totally right. He doesn't have a mullet anymore. He, he cut his hair. Guaranteed. So, he's got a sweet hat. That's a consolation prize. Traded mullet for hat. Yeah. It's too bad. A stylish hat, which at least you could have done was get a non-stylish hat. Right. 
right? <laughs> like a tri-corner hat. They have those. That would be that. Well, they're they're close to the Smithsonian. I'm sure they can get them get themselves their hands on all kinds of different hats. Yeah, tri-corner hats, captains, you know, pirate hats, captain, old captain hats. A pirate hat like, would be a good idea for captain Eugene. Crunch, Captain yeah. Crunch hat. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Crunch hat. Captain, Something. Captain Morgan hat. Yeah, Captain Morgan. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know, but it's, it's almost all we see of Eugene in this trailer. And then we get a shot of Maggie and Jesus walking around. I think that might be the only shot of Maggie. I mean, sorry, of Jesus. You think Maggie? I got the impression that Maggie and Jesus were a thing in that shot for some reason. Oh, I'm not God. sure why, but maybe they're a thing now. I didn't get that impression. I don't think so. I think the fact that Jesus is only in one shot of this trailer indicates that He's not going to be in season nine very much. If you remember, he was barely in the second half of season eight. Yeah. I just want everybody to fall in love, I think, is my problem. Yeah. You, I, Every time I'd see two people together, I'm like, oh, they're a couple. They, That's nice. they must have a tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, I think Tom Payne, I don't know why, but maybe he's busy doing something else because he doesn't seem to be on this show very much anymore. Well, or, don't count your chickens until Jesus is in the show more. Exactly. Maybe they're just holding him back because he's going to have a big important part that they're trying not to spoil. We don't know. That's right. Maybe he's going to cut his hair, and this is the only shot they had where he didn't have his hair cut. It could be a big thing. Uh, all right. What's next? We got Michonne um, in what looks like an Alexandria house, gazing back at her katana. <laughs> yep. Right? Uh, now we've got Rick... Or maybe Aaron, I can't quite tell, and somebody else holding a child in a wide open field with a large flock of birds flying above them. I assumed it was Rick and maybe Michonne and Judith. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. But the more I looked at it, I'm like, that sort of looks like Aaron's profile. But him and Rick are pretty similar looking dudes. So they are. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll see what's going on there. And then we get this shot of Carol and Daryl sort of on a loading dock at night snuggling into each other. Yeah. And, and by snuggling, I mean sitting beside each other, and I think she puts his, her head on his shoulder. They're snuggling. Okay. That's snuggling. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it might not be canoodling, but it's snuggling. All right. Very good. A uh, couple of group shots, including a large number of people running across this wooden bridge. So I think they're rebuilding that bridge that got washed away. Yeah, it's it's the... I think they're literally and figuratively building a bridge. Building bridges. They're, bu- they're building bridges, and there's conflict in the building bridges because nothing ever goes smoothly, especially when you get a large group of people that probably aren't engineers. Uh, building a bridge over rapid water, that's crazy. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, the best thing I would think to do is, like, lay down a plank and walk softly. <laughs> Maybe a few planks so you don't have to even worry about falling off so much. Sure. That sounds like a good idea, too. Yeah. Well, I or don't know. fill the river with old cars. I don't know. <laughs> to divert the water a little bit? Yeah, just fill it up. You know, build a dam. Build a dam of old cars, yeah. Just old cars. Push them what right else in. What are you going to use them for? No, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, next scene is a, is a significant one. We see Jadis holding a walkie-talkie, and the helicopter's hovering up above her. And yep. on the side of the helicopter, we see two things. One is that three-circle symbol that we saw in the junkyard before. And the other thing is a big white letter A. It is an A. How many times, Jason, is the letter A going to show up on this show? 
All the times. All of the times, yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so this helicopter is the original helicopter we saw, not the one we saw in the poster. Right? This one's got skids on the bottom. It's not a, an executive commuter-type helicopter. This is just a run-of-the-mill uh, well, I don't even know run of the mill helicopters. I don't think it's military, but I don't think it's a traffic copter either. So I don't know what the hell it is. But it's not. It's the same helicopter that we saw on the show before, not the one they used in the poster. That's correct. So I think poster helicopter was a little bit more clip art helicopter. Yeah. And this is production helicopter. Yeah. Okay. So the the clip the the uh, the, the poster I think was more of a uh, an aesthetic ideal. That they were trying to accomplish. Right, right, right. And not, uh, you know, actual production. It doesn't represent gameplay. No. All right. But interesting. We see, we, I mean, this indicates that this helicopter is coming back in the first half of season nine. So yeah, with gas. That has not gone bad. No. So we're going to get to. Because some... helicopters take helicopter fuel, which I assume is not gasoline. I assume it's jet fuel. I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's, it's not the same as what cars run on. Maybe it lasts longer. Well, it's kerosene, essentially. I mean, it's fancy kerosene. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that goes bad or not. Okay. Uh, neither do I. So I'm going to assume it's fine. Ask your brother-in-law. He would know. He might. I will ask him. Yeah. All right. Um, Daryl and Rick are riding on Daryl's motorcycle. Rick is the passenger on the back. So this makes me think that uh, they've made up and now that they're, they're, you know, best friends forever again and that they're out for a nice afternoon ride together. On Daryl's motorcycle. Yeah, until the next couple of shots where we see, you know, a couple shots of large groups of people fighting. And then we have, you know, Rick doing a voiceover talking about keeping together and that we're all on the same side. So, uh, and then, and later on, actually, well, we get somebody in the junkyard. Uh, we get more text written on a wall that says final warning. That was we, Jadis in the junkyard. Was it Jadis? She's returned. Yeah, it was Jadis. She's returned to the junkyard. Okay. She goes back to, maybe she's looking the, for Morgan. <laughs> the final warning message was not in the junkyard. No, it was somewhere else. It was. Yeah. So that was the, uh, oh, I wrote down the name of it. Uh, there was another shot previously. It was some kind of, uh, it said, hollow bruh, and then some missing letters, and then outreach recovery. So it was, uh, that's what the sign said. So I think this is the same building as that outreach center or whatever the hell it is. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. But, uh, I mean, final warning just implies that there is, again, some serious conflict going on here. And it's kind of like a, you better leave us alone and you're not. This is your final warning sort of thing. Yeah. I think final warnings are pretty juvenile, really. Like <laughs> You say probably say that to your kids all the time, right? I'm going to turn this off. Final warning. Yeah, my kids are very like, oh, man, well. Just give me it up. Very well behaved. I don't need to give them the final warning anymore. You, do you count to three? You know, I haven't had to count to three in in a long time. I'm not saying they always listen and do what I say and and don't try to manipulate and extend time and stuff like that. But uh, for some reason, it doesn't usually come to one, two, three. So you don't have to put your foot down. You just use reason and logic and you know discussion whenever possible. That's right. <laughs> whenever possible, and then commands and belts when that doesn't work. <laughs> I bark orders most of the time and uh, start screaming. I've, no, I've never had to count. I usually just start swinging and they run. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you should try counting sometime. No, I don't do that. I'm talking about you, what you do with your daughters. I don't do anything like that with, with Jasper. All right. He's too young to reason with or even say, uh, I'm going to count to three and make him do something. He's going to do whatever he's going to do regardless of what you say. Yeah, and he'll probably just want to count to three himself. 
Oh, he loves counting. See? He can count to 20, little son of a bitch. Well, this is what I want you to, I want you to, <laughs> that's not a very nice way to refer to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, I want you to bring him on, not the podcast, but on Skype one day or something and have him count for me. That'd be fun. Yeah. Or bring him on the podcast. as well. I yeah. don't care. He's a smart little bastard. Uh, okay. Wait, that's a mother thing again, isn't it? No, that's a father thing. That's me not being around. That's not good. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. Uh, final warning written on the wall. We see Carol with a knife to her neck. So I don't know what's going on there. And then what I wanted to get to here was Daryl throwing down his motorcycle and Rick is there and there appears to be some sort of conflict with Rick. So yeah, Rick and Daryl are not seeing eye to eye. And I think so, care. I, sorry. I think Daryl is with Maggie and Rick is opposing them on something. I think that they need to go seek counseling because they have this relationship where they're obviously very close. Like they're going for a nice ride in the afternoon on the back of Daryl's bike. That's a really romantic thing to do. And then they have this spat where Daryl has to throw down the bike and then they're getting into arguments and stuff. And it just seems like a repeating argument. And uh, it's just, I, th I really think that they should seek some professional counseling. I agree. That's my advice. I totally agree. You know, I used to work with a guy, a really good dude, but a, a little heavier, big guy, big guy, right? Rode a motorcycle. And right. one time, um, him and I went out to get lunch together and we wanted to go to this particular place. So we both got on his motorcycle and, uh, drove to the particular restaurant. I of course do not know how to ride a motorcycle. So I was sitting behind arms wrapped around this big dude. And I'm glad we, you know, did it and it's fun riding a motorcycle, but it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what that's called? No, please it's tell me. Seating, sitting in the back of the motorcycle. What? It's called a bitch seat. Well, whatever. I'm fine with that. It's just, you know, wrapping your arms around a, a big heavy dude and uh, holding on for uh, dear life. <laughs> I'm glad you did it too. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I don't think that motorcycle was quite ready for an extra 200 pounds on the back of it when there was already well, over 200 pounds sitting on it. But I don't have thing. a problem with the, the guy being a guy, right? I just have a problem with sitting on the back of a motorcycle and not being in control of something so ready, ready to kill you. Oh, I'm not worried about that. He's a responsible guy. He wasn't going to do anything crazy. I know it's not, that's not the only thing, but I've taken passenger rides on motorcycles once, once or twice in my life. And it's always yeah. pretty fun. If he had a sidecar, I'd totally get in the sidecar. Not a lot of sidecars these days. No, but there should be more. Totally. I don't know why there aren't more sidecars. I think we should have more sidecars and more jetpacks. There's not nearly enough jetpacks out there. Yeah, they're even They're harder. making a comeback. Are they? They're making a comeback. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're different. They're not like the strap-on jetpack. They're like they strap them to your arms and legs. Oh, I saw that guy. He's like Iron Man jetpack guy. Yeah. Yeah. So All right. That's the kind of jetpack we're getting now. Or those uh, hover jet boards that you stand on. It's all... Yeah, look, those are cool too. So we're, we're we might get some soon, but uh, more gonna, sidecars. They're going to cost practical. half a million dollars. So start saving your money. Yeah, so let's go with sidecars in the interim. Let's just have a lot more sidecars. I can, you can even put dogs in goggles and put them in sidecars because that's awesome. <laughs> okay, that's great. <laughs> Someone start working on that while we finish breaking down this trailer. Yeah, uh, we see this scene. Daryl throws down his motorcycle. Then we see some zombies. There's people killing zombies. There's flames spreading what, across gasoline, it looks like. Uh, we see a zombie approaching Rick while Rick's eyes are closed. That's not good. Um, but it looks like Rick wakes up just in time. 
Uh, we got more fighting. We got Michonne killing zombies. Well, 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 back to the fighting. We've got Gregory fighting with Maggie. Is I didn't see that. There. Really? That was that was Gregory physically attacking Maggie. God, I hope he kills her. I mean, I hope she kills him. <laughs> Another way around. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm like, you're pro-Gregory all of a sudden. No way. I hope Maggie kills Gregory. Screw that yeah, guy. And Gregory's got a knife. So, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Jeez. He should be in the cell with, with Negan. Yeah. Freaking guy. Okay. Uh, so that's a thing. Um, Rick and Daryl talking about whether they're on the same side. So you see they're opposing each other. They are. So I want to talk about this uh, this verbal exchange between Daryl and Rick a little bit. Okay, hold on. So the last scene before the Walking Dead title card is Michonne picking up a bloody Lucille. Is that Lucille? Yep. That's Lucille. It's definitely Lucille. Okay. I don't know why they didn't burn Lucille. They should get rid of that damn thing. I don't know why they're keeping it around. All right. Well, Michonne picks up, and it looks like it's been used recently. Uh, so who knows what that's about. But back to whatever you were talking about. Okay. So it says, uh, Daryl says, are we on the same side, Rick? And then Rick says, well, you tell me. So there's a couple things I want to talk about here. One, that's a bad line, right? Yeah, yes and no. It's a badly written line that was delivered awesomely by Andrew Lincoln. Like it was a bad line that he delivered excellently. It was the best possible way he could have, uh, an actor could have delivered it in my opinion. Sure. Well, I mean, if you need someone to do that, Andrew Lincoln might be your guy, you know? Yeah. He could deliver that line with his eyes and you would get more out of it than some actors could give you. Absolutely. So I just, it just, it struck me as a bad line because it's so easily turned around, right? Like, are we on the same side? Well, you tell me. It's, there's a couple of things. One, it's a badly written line. Two, it seems like an argument that you would have with someone that you've had a million times before that you've just, you're repeating the same things over and over again. And this is another reason why I think that they need to go see counseling Mm -hmm. because I think that they're having these arguments more and more lately and that it's probably easily resolved that they can just let go of their own personal baggage about each other a little bit and just kind of work through some of their issues rather than combating against each other. Uh, are you referring back to last season, like with their, their fist fight and stuff, you know, even back yeah. to that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, they're, they're obviously good friends. Uh, they're just, they're having some conflicts here and I think that they could resolve these issues with a little bit of counseling. Okay. Fair and, enough. So there's nothing wrong with the counseling. I just, I think it would help them in this case. Agreed. They need to find and, a counselor that's not a zombie, but. Yeah. And this, and this kind of line is also the particular reason why I think that I personally would like a script writer for all of my personal arguments, because I never seem to get the openings that uh, these people get in the arguments to, to say a cutting line that just reverses everything that the other person did and then cut away before the argument can continue so that you can win the argument. <laughs> yeah. If only and real, I wish I could have that. If only and real life could just cut away. And I don't even, and I need somebody to script. The only problem with that is I can't just have somebody script my part of the argument. Mm. It has, they have to script the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? So I have to get the other person's buy-in. It's like, we're going to have an argument, but this guy's going to write it. And I'm sorry to say, but I'm going to win. Yeah. Well, uh, while you're at it, why don't you just get a score producer as well to always have music behind you as you go through daily life? That's a good idea too. Yeah. Cinematographer to make sure you always look your best. <laughs> so... I guess what I'm saying is that arguments never turn out like this. You never get an opening like this in an actual argument. Maybe not, but it's a it's a TV argument, and I didn't. It didn't strike me as that bad. And maybe there's I, more to the scene. Like we don't know that the scene. I bet you that scene goes on more in the actual right. episode. Yeah, probably. 
I just that kind of that kind of line kind of bugs me when I when it crops up in uh, in TV and movies. Just like, come on, you could have written something a little better than that. Yeah, I know you were looking for a zinger, but come on, it's not really realistic. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, anything else about it? Nope, that was it. All right. Well, this point, I feel like the sort of the main trailer is done. And when we started this, I said that all these trailers follow a similar format where we get this main block. And then it's, you know, the Walking Dead title card. And then we get like a little bonus bit at the end. Now, this trailer kind of has two bonus bits. And the first one starts now. And what it is doing is introducing us to some new characters. Right. The uh, Cousin Oliver trope. What's that? (laughs) When you add a new character to a, uh, a TV show that's starting to decline in order to spice things up. Like Cousin Oliver on different strokes. or uh, no, Cousin Oliver on the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. When they, 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 you know, things were getting a little weird or boring in the Brady Bunch, they introduced a new character that was, you know, spice things up a little bit. Okay. Can they do that? Well, sure. Fair <laughs> enough. So uh, that seems to be what they're doing here. Although I believe all of these new characters are comic book characters. So it is oh. natural to bring them into the show now. So we're okay, going to run through So it's through not them. Scrappy-Doo. It's, it's, it's different. It's a little bit different. Yeah. We'll run through them here. The first person we see is Dan Fogler. And you may, that's his real name. You may know him from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. But I personally recognized him from Fanboys. If you ever saw that movie? No, nope, well, I saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him and thought he was great in that. That's where I recognize I didn't. From. I didn't see that movie. You should. It's a really good movie. I don't know. They're, they're having a sequel coming out in like two weeks or something. I, I know, but th- that kind of movie doesn't interest me all that much. But Fanboys and Balls of Fury. I saw him in both of those films. Um, but he plays a character called Luke on Walking Dead. Then we see Nadia Hilker, who you might know from the TV show The 100, which I've watched exactly one episode of. <laughs> I've watched exactly zero episodes. I've heard of all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, stars uh, Alicia Debnam Carey, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyways, Ned- Nadia Hilker on Walking Dead is playing Magna, comic book character. People who've read the book will be familiar with. Next, we see Lauren Ridloff as Connie. And Lauren hasn't been in much, but... The only thing I sort of noticed on her IMDb page was the movie Wonderstruck. So I don't know if you've seen that, but she was in that. And then we have uh, a character named Kelly, played by Angel Theory. Really interesting name. Angel Theory. Angel Theory does not even appear to have an IMDb page. So this might be total newcomer to Hollywood. Or a secret movie star some sort of secret movie star (laughs) she's playing kelly uh now we get a few shots of these people running through the forest they are doing something it struck me like they might be getting ready to defend themselves from they're doing their backstory is what they're doing pretty much yeah uh and then we see eleanor matsura as yumiko and eleanor is probably the most well-known of all these people maybe you know maybe her and dan fogler but Eleanor was on Into the Badlands. She had a role in Wonder Woman. She's done lots of video game voice work and been in plenty and plenty of other things. So you might recognize her from somewhere. Uh, So from what I understand is all one, two, three, four, five of these people are kind of in a group together. So this is a new group of people that we meet on The Walking Dead and get, you know, integrated into the rest of the cast. 
Um, we see a couple shots involving Magna here, a hood being taken off uh, her head. And then we see her approaching a door at night holding a knife. It kind of looks like an Alexandria door, um, but not sure what, what's going on there. She's a ninja and got caught. I guess she's a ninja that got caught. Um, we get an October 7th title card. So The Walking Dead comes back on October 7th, which is earlier than usual. It is. It's not that close to Halloween, really. Um, it's closer than we are now. Closer than we are now. But we're usually talking, that's, you know, first week of October. We're usually talking second, third week, or even, you know, later when it comes back. So October 7th, that's exciting. And then we get one final scene. And this is what I meant by this kind of being like the double bonus final scene. And what we see here is Eugene and Rosita sliding down a very muddy embankment embankment, and they just absolutely cover themselves in mud while a group of zombies pass by above them. And they look genuinely terrified. They do look terrified. I'm trying to figure out if this is more Lord of the Rings uh, hobbits hiding from the, uh, the ring race, or if it's uh, more Arnold Schwarzenegger hide, hiding from the predator. And I can't decide which. Well, I don't know. I had a hard time even identifying that as, uh, as Eugene, to be honest, he had so much mud on him. I'm like, is that him? I don't know. I had, I'm glad you identified them because my notes said a couple of people <laughs> hiding in mud. I didn't know it was either one of those people. Rosita, I could, um, I could tell, I could see her, but Eugene, I'm not so sure. And I think it comes down to his different haircut. I he think doesn't have his mullet or his hat. Oh my God. He's naked. He's basically naked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're right. It's it's clear now that I think the mullet is gone and uh, it's harder to recognize him. So anyways, that's the two of them. They're hiding from these zombies by covering themselves in mud and they just look absolutely terrified. Now, I assume that's because they're together that they're a couple now. Oh my God. Come on, man. If they're a couple, that's going to be uh, a little hard to believe, but whatever. I mean, I don't know. hiding she's, in a closet watching she's someone. seen her have sex. Right. And maybe that's sort of a thing for her. <laughs> Maybe that's, you know, that adds intimacy to a relationship. When it you really... watch somebody have sex with somebody else, there's intimacy there. hundred percent. Now we have to talk about something else in this scene and it is a spoiler. Everybody. Is it the mud? No. And Jason, I apologize that you have to hear this, but it's part of your job as co-host of this podcast. Um, to anyone listening, this is a, Spoiler for the TV show. If you no, are, but not, it's from the comic, though. I it is from the comic. If okay, you so. are a comic reader, you will not really. This will not, and you're up to date on the comic. Even if you're a little bit out of date, to be honest, you'll be fine. So, if you are not a comic reader and you don't want to know some other significance to this scene, I would um, skip ahead. I would uh, move on uh, in this podcast because. This scene does really tell us something that is going to happen on the show. I think this season, I mean, it has to be this season if they're shooting this right now, but comic readers, you will know what this is and it's not, um, shouldn't be that big a deal if you've read the comic. So with that more, yeah, go ahead. It is the predator and they're hiding from the mud. They're hiding in the mud in order to, uh, obscure the predator's, uh, heat vision. Uh, no, but you know, you're not, 
<laughs> you're not really a million miles off with that. <laughs> you're only like maybe a thousand miles off. <laughs> okay, good. Because that opens up a door that I just don't want to go through. Because if there's predators in this universe, that means that there's aliens in this universe because they exist in the same universe. Right. So I don't know if I can live with a world that is has the same universe as The Walking Dead, Aliens, and Predator. Because if aliens show up, they're all fucked, right? Like There's no getting around that. Aliens on Earth, bad. Right. Bad. Okay, well, so good. Anyways, um, spoiler warning, you know, like I said, comic readers, you should be fine. Uh, Non-comic readers, only TV show watchers, stop listening for a little bit. Just go to bed. Maybe just go to bed. If you're driving your way to work, don't go to bed this moment. Pull over and then go to bed. (laughs) And have a nap. Uh, Okay, so as they're lying down in that mud pile and the zombies pass across... You can, and and I know, Jason, you're probably going to find this really bizarre until I, until I, uh, explain it to you. Okay. You can hear, and I, I will say you can sort of hear one of the zombies say, where are they? What? Yes. I didn't pick up on it the first time or the second or the third time I watched it, but after it was pointed out to me, it does become pretty clear, to be honest, that there is a zombie voice going, where? Okay, something like that. I'm pretty close to rage quitting the show at the moment, so you better explain this. I'm going to explain it to you. This appears to confirm that a group of people known as the Whisperers are going to show up on this TV show. And the Whisperers are living people that skin zombies and wear like zombie skins on their bodies. So they're living, they can speak, they can talk, they're living human beings, but they travel around disguised as zombies. And this is a big thing from the comic once the Whisperers are introduced. Okay, so fake zombies. Fake zombies. Okay, so not zombies that can talk and think and hunt people and talk and and shit. It's, it's, it's fake zombies doing fake zombie stuff and talking like they think zombies should talk? Correct. Well, no, um, in the comic, they don't really talk with zombie voices, or at least I never imagined it like that. But maybe in this case, that's how they're introducing it on the show. Um, but anyways, once we're done here, Jason, you should listen to the audio again. It's pretty clear to me that you can hear one of them say, where are they? So these zombies are searching for Rosita or we're chasing Rosita and Eugene. And now they're hiding and they're passing by. And one of them goes, where are they? That, that's a pretty big spoiler because if this is a reveal that, uh, you know, these zombies are more sentient and able to talk and stuff, and it would be very confusing as an audience member going, holy shit, what's going on there? And then you're realizing over time that these are actual human beings that are wearing zombie skins. Uh, that that's a big that's a big spoiler. So well, go back and stop listening a while ago if you're well. Hey, that's, afraid of being spoiled. That's why I put out that big spoiler warning. But the way it plays out in the comic is, and and I didn't know it was coming in the comic. I was reading the comic, and there's a scene where um, a zombie has a speech bubble and says something, and my reaction was like, "What the fuck are you doing, Kirkman? Did that zombie really just talk?" Right. And in the same issue. Of, of the comic, it's revealed that, no, it's not a zombie. It's a whisperer. It's a person wearing a zombie mask. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, oh, but that was a huge moment for me reading the comic. Like, it blew me away because I had no idea. <laughs> you see, this is you have the same trust issue that I just had, right? 
Because as soon as you saw that, you were like, what the fuck are you doing, Robert Kirkman? Yeah. Not, what the hell is going on here? This is crazy. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I was like, I'm about to quit the show because of this. Yeah. Because that's, that's like the worst thing you could possibly do. So is it a compounded mistake or is it an, uh, like he over Kirkman injected this in thinking, oh, they'll not know what the hell's going on here. And I think it's, I think it's great. Well, but it, I've had the opposite effect of like, what the hell are you doing, Robert Kirkman? Well, I mean, I, no, I was sort of, I, I wasn't thinking that to myself in a negative way. I was sort of thinking like, oh my, oh my God, like what's going on here? Like, I can't believe, I mean, a little bit negative, I guess, because that's just not something you would do, but uh, yeah, I was just so. With the, they're fucking with the rules of the universe and yeah, but I was we, just, don't, we don't want that. I was so shocked at it i couldn't believe what i was reading when i read the comic book and then it's explained and you're like oh that's actually kind of cool <laughs> you know um and i i actually feel bad now that i've spoiled this for you to be honest because i should no, that's why i get paid the big dollar i know but i should have just let it play out on the show and gotten your genuine reaction that actually would have been way better okay um, well i'll just write it out i'll just right. i'll go to sleep i'll get really really drunk and forget that we had this conversation <laughs> right like does that work happen. retroactive can you get can you black out the last 10 hours? Uh, I don't know. You'll have to find out. I'm sure lots of people have tried. Give it a try and find out. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, the the line where are they seems very clear if you know what you're listening for. And that being said, I think this, your, your average viewer is not going to pick up on it. Um, I am a comic reader and I didn't even hear it the first few times. I had to have it pointed out to me. So I think they've done a pretty good job obscuring the fact that it's that it's speech. Um, but the point is it's there. And I think this basically confirms that's one of the things we're going to see introduced in this season. Right. Uh, and it's kind of a big deal. Um, the whisperers are pretty awesome and they're interesting people slash villains in this show or in the comic book. And I'm kind of excited to see where that's going on the show. So that was, I think the point of this final scene. And, um, I warned you. I hope you didn't listen to this and didn't know what was going on and are upset now, but uh, we had to talk about it. So there you go. Um, A couple of other notable characters in the trailer that I just wanted to call out. Um, There are, uh, there is an actor named John Finn who um, is playing a character named Earl on the show. You can see him standing behind Maggie at one point in the trailer and you might know John Finn from The Good Wife or Elementary, The Blacklist, The X-Files. He's been around for a long time. If you I'm look, look him up. I know uh, Elementary and The Good Wife. Yeah, if you look up John Finn, or yeah, John Finn, I'm, I'm sure you'll recognize his face. He's he's a that guy for sure. Um, Earl's wife, played by Brett Butler... Her name, her character name is Tammy. And of course, Brett Butler, you'll know from her huge show, Grace Under Fire in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. I mean, probably has done other things, but that's really her hit it big moment, I think, Grace Under Fire. So Brett Butler's in there, new character on the show. Uh, John Finn, how do you spell that? F-I-N-N. F-I-N-N. Okay. Um... And finally, Zach McGowan as a character named Justin appears in the trailer. 
And Zach McGowan was on Shameless and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., amongst other things. So he's been around a little bit, too. Right. Um, and then it wasn't in the trailer, but there was another big casting announcement at San Diego Comic-Con. And again, I have a, I feel like this might be a bit of a, a spoiler, um, although I won't give any context with this, but a big name actress has been cast on the show in a prominent role. Okay. And it's not Brett Butler. And it's not Brett Butler. No, um, this is somebody else. So again, a little bit of spoiler warning, but all I'm going to do is name the actress and the character. <laughs> Isn't that everything? Well, yeah, but again, that doesn't really mean anything to people who don't know the character. But I'm that's why I'm hesitating here. I'm just giving people a chance to uh to turn us off before I do okay. this. All right. So, spoiler warning. Um Samantha Morton, big name actress, has been cast and this was officially announced at San Diego Comic-Con as Alpha, a character called Alpha. Comic readers will know what that means. TV show watchers will not, but Samantha Morton is from Minority Report, Fantastic Beasts, again, another actress from Fantastic Beasts, and uh, something called Harlots, and amongst a lot of other stuff. She is an Oscar-nominated actress, so wow. pretty, pretty big deal. So there you go. Um, All right, and that's pretty much the trailer, so... I think just briefly, Jason, it was a pretty good trailer. I think it really focused on sort of the conflict between some of the communities and some of the characters. I think that's what the first half of season nine is going to really be about, them trying to grow and expand and work together, but it not going quite as smoothly as they hoped. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's going to include this new group of people with... Luke, Magna, Connie, Kelly, and Yumiko, um, just another group of people they're trying to integrate. I think we'll also see the some of the fe- the effects of um, the book that Georgie gave Maggie. The helicopter's there, uh, and all these things are going to probably play into the central story of these people not really getting along as well as they'd hoped. Right. That seemed I'm to be with the trailer. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think so. I think it's. I mean, it's looking pretty good, but then the trailers always make it look good, too. Um, In terms of something they always do every year, which is show us things out of context or, you know, bumped up together with things that and make it look like they're related when they're not. I feel like the the quotient on that was a little lower this year. It was. Everything kind of made sense context wise. I mean, I'm sure there's some of that and I'm sure, you know, a little bit of confusion is you know their goal (laughs) but uh it didn't feel like what we were looking at was just crazy random scenes meant specifically to confuse us so that's good that's nice of them yeah i think so too yeah so any other thoughts on the trailer before we wrap it up here uh nope i think we uh (laughs) covered it in pretty uh pretty in depth all right. Well, cool. That is that is about all of it. Uh, listen, everybody, I know there was a trailer for Fear, The Walking Dead, released as well. Uh, Fear comes back in less than two weeks, so we may talk about that, but we may just let that show start again on, uh, I think it's the 12th, it returns, of August. 
And once that happens, we'll be right into covering it again. Um, so if we can, we might talk about that in between now and then, or we'll just lead, lead right back into that. Um, just really quickly, I've watched that trailer a couple of times and it just makes it look like fear is a very different show, even more so than it was in the first half of yeah. uh, season. What are we in four? And it had a, it had just a, such a wildly different feel to it than this walking dead trailer. I really think they're trying to make that show stand on its own and be its own unique thing, which is great. And, uh, you know, that's it. That was, you know, that was all I sort of thought about that trailer. Um, and we found out, as I said earlier, that it's been renewed for season five. So they're going to have a little bit more time to keep that thing going. It sounds like, yep. You haven't watched that one yet, right? I watched it once, but I can't recall any of it at the moment. Okay. My, my brain is full. If I'm, yeah, I think it had mostly a music soundtrack background to it and uh, a little less context for what's going on. But that may just be because, again, we don't know what's going on with that show. It's it's wide open at this point with Madison having recently died. <laughs> right. And I do remember seeing John Dory doing stuff and then firing his guns. So uh, that's good to see. I mean, that's I'm not surprised that's all you remember from it. Cause... Yes. <laughs> that's it. Oh, there was some kind of weather. Oh, well, we knew that from the from the poster. From the poster, that's right. Yeah, yeah, the big weather thing. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to the back half of of Fear because it's just so wide open. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Um, yeah. Anyways, that comes back in two weeks. So, if nothing else, our next podcast will be covering season or episode nine of season four of Fear, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, everyone, if you have any thoughts on this trailer or we wildly misinterpreted something or anything like that, give us a quick email or, or call. We'd love to hear from you. You can do that by visiting TalkingDeadPodcast.com, clicking on Send Voicemail at the top, uh, or just recording yourself into your, your phone and, and emailing us that file. That's the best way to get us a message. Um, and you can send those emails or any other emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. So we do love to get your comments and feedback and questions, um, especially about stuff like this, where there's probably lots of different interpretations of some of the things we see in these trailers. So any different yeah. ideas or, or plot line theories or whatever, send them in. Great to hear it. All right. I think that's going to do it, uh, Mr. Miles. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.